Welcome to the Magic Potion Podcast, where a sprinkle and a dash can enhance your class. Listen to learn about tools, techniques, and stories from educators on ways to improve your lessons, create a positive culture, and much more. I'm your host, Kevin Reinemann, and now it's time to make it happen. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of Magic Potion EDU. I have a special guest with me today, John Smith. John, could you let let the audience know who you are and what your background in education is, please? Sure. Uh, My name is John Smith. I am a father, a husband, uh, three kids, nine, six, and two. Um, I taught special ed for 12 years. I was a uh, technology integration specialist for seven and I'm now the teacher success manager at Book Creator. And that is a fun time. I, I've had the pleasure of knowing John for, oh gosh, I don't even know how many years now. Uh, we've yeah. gone back and forth through through Twitter, Mr. The iPod Teacher, if that gives you an idea of how long he's been teaching. That's right. <laughs> Old school. So, People keep asking me to change my Twitter handle, and I'm like, I can't, because if I do that, I won't remember who I am. <laughs> Oh, and I think one of the first times I actually met you was uh, down at FETC, or I'm sorry, at OETC, and you had these bright green shoes. They were your tennis ball shoes. Oh, gosh, that was a while back. Yeah, um, I had a bright pair of tennis ball shoes, and I remember Jeremy Bruick uh, actually making fun of me during one of my presentations. Um, he'd tell me to turn my shoes down cause he couldn't see, uh, <laughs> and things like that. And then it just became a, a, a thing. And for years I was, I tried to find as many bright pairs of tennis shoes as I could to wear to conferences. And that's how people knew me. Like they'd see me in the hallway and be like, there's tennis ball shoes and, uh, <laughs> tennis ball shoes actually had its own Twitter account for a, a couple of years. Um, but uh, yeah, so since then, I have not been able to find a good pair of tennis ball shoes that I like. And I, you know, I'm so mad that I can't find a good pair. I may have to hit up like eBay or something and see if I can find a pair. Maybe you should just buy some tennis balls and cut them up and duct tape them. <laughs> it would literally shoe. be tennis ball shoes. Yeah. Why that, would be, that would be interesting. <laughs> oh, man. So last week, you and I were both down in Miami, Florida. We left our homes in Ohio. Um, I'm in Northwestern and John is up in the Northeastern part. And yeah. what do you know? We're in 80 degree weather and we were not disappointed whatsoever. No, as, but however, I will say that my wife was not happy with me because I would call her after I walked, you know, what felt like four miles and I'd walk back to my hotel and I'm dripping in sweat and I would complain about how hot and humid it was. And my wife's like, listen, it's hailing here. Please just stop talking. Yeah, that was... It was definitely a drastic change to go from one to the other. Um, yeah. When I stepped off the airplane in Florida, I was sweating. It was so humid just getting off the airplane. And then when I got back to Detroit, when I flew back in there, I could see my breath. Yeah. So it, it was kind of kind of miserable there because I didn't know if I should wear a jacket either way. And yep. Uh, yep. I learned my lesson. <laughs> so um, John and I were talking a little bit before we pushed the record button here and Um, I thought this was John's first time going down to the Future of Education Technology Conference. Uh, This was my third trip. Um, First time in Miami was in Orlando the past couple of years. But John tells me he has been there before. I have. And it was, uh, it's kind of strange to admit, but it was um, in 2002 
was the last time I was there. It was the last time that my school district um, agreed to pay for uh, people to take trips like that. <laughs> so, so yeah, what, uh, 18 years ago was my last trip to uh, FETC. Well, I don't want to make you feel bad about this, but I, I was in high school. I was a senior in high school at that time. You dealt, that does make me feel it makes me feel horrible oh, man, actually. I mean that, that didn't dawn on me until you till we said two thousand two again there. Yeah. Oh, golly. Yeah, eighteen years. That's nuts, isn't it? It's absolutely insane. Oh my gosh, that was half my life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thirty six now. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm you're not helping. As a matter of fact, I'm feeling Oh, I'm feeling terrible right worse. now too. <laughs> My knees are killing me. My back aches. I would say I'm getting gray hair, but no, the hair's just falling out and disappearing. <laughs> oh, so um, you made the switch. You jumped out of the classroom, and now you're you're working with Book Creator. And I mean, you've been a big advocate for Book Creator for years. Yep. Um, that was something that I've always bounced ideas off of you. And um, why don't you tell the people a little bit about what is it that you that has you so invested in book creators that you were willing to walk away from, from a career to start something new with them. You obviously see something in the product. Yeah. You know, I've been using book creator for um, about eight years, which is almost about as long as it has been around. Um, and I, I started with um, my, my special ed students really just didn't want to write. And I, um, you know, tried everything that I could to, to get them to write. And, and the, the, the bottom line is it came down to um, two products, actually. And it, it really started with uh, iBooks author and, and book creator. And those two tools, when they came out, I realized that I could take my students' work and publish it online or through Apple's bookstore. And at the time, you know, that nothing like that had really been around. And um, I, I thought it was fascinating. And so I started diving into both products and, and used both for quite a while. And then eventually just morphed into just using Book Creator. Um, and, and the reason um, that I that I fell in love with it and, and my students fell in love with it is it just became a very simple way for students to publish work. And for me and my students, having somebody other than a teacher uh, being able to you know, to read their work and comment on their work was, was hugely important to them. And it just, it changed the game because in the past it was just me. It was only me, uh, you know, grading their papers and giving them feedback. And they got tired of that because they realized that a lot of times I didn't even really want to grade their work because it wasn't good. Um, and they didn't want to do good work because it was just me. Uh, and so it was bad. And, and again, once I changed that up on them and said, listen, I'm not going to read your stuff anymore. I'm going to put it out there for the whole world to see then their mentality changed because those people aren't getting paid to read their books. They're not getting paid to leave feedback. They're doing it because they want to. And so long story short, we've published lots of books and it has really helped my kids and the kids that I work with uh, see the value of, of writing for an audience. You know, I always said, you know, the world is my audience uh, and, and writing for an audience, it has really changed them. So you know, we went from that. And again, I did that for about eight years or so. And um, I've gone to conferences and spoken about Book Creator in the past. And they've invited me to go to places during the summer and, and talk, um, you know, on their behalf and things like that. And we've just really over the last eight years have developed a really good relationship. And I, I absolutely love the, the people at Book Creator. And so it got to a point um, 
where they said, listen, we need to, we just need to make this official. You know, we, <laughs> we, we want you to, to come on board and let's see what happens. And at the time it, it wasn't the right time for me. And I said, you know, I, I don't know how that's going to work. I'm not real sure. And so we kept up the relationship and we kept up the conversations and eventually we got to a point where it was time. And, um, one of the things I talked about last year at the, the OETC conference, uh, actually this is going to sound really awful, but one of them, the topic I talked about was death. And, um, it was, it was funny because over the last year and a half, I've gotten into this, this talk on death and it's not death in a normal way, but it's death in things that, um, I no longer need in my life. And so, um, you know, personally, professionally, things that I just don't need and uh, things that I can kill off and, and, and get rid of. And so um, this this last, like I said, last year and a half, I really started talking a lot about that with, in a lot of different places. And it, it finally hit home at one point where I was just like, man, you know what? I need to take my own advice. And, um, you know, Book Creator was still talking to me and we were still having, you know, good relationships. And I was like, well, you know what? Maybe this is it. This is the time. And so I did. I took I took my own advice. Um, I killed off my old job and um, decided to to try something new. And it has been uh, a wild ride so far. And I absolutely, like I said, I still love the people that I work with. They're they're great. Um, I get to work out of my house and uh, do a little bit of everything. So a little bit of sales, uh, lots of webinars and trainings with teachers, speaking at conferences, um, things like that. Yeah, and we got working on a lot of other things in the background that I uh, can't really talk about yet. Um, but yeah, really cool stuff. Oh, here, I thought we were going to get a, a juicy drop of features <laughs> coming up here. It sounds like, uh, you know, the crew seems like they're over at the bet conference in uh, London, I believe right now. Yeah, they are. They are. There. And, uh, most of them are over there. Um, yeah, so it's, it's fun. It's fun because the whole team really is, is overseas. Uh, they're based out of the UK. Uh, so everybody's over there and then it's me in the United States and, uh, we just actually just hired uh, another um, account executive, and she's in Chicago. So really, it's just her and I in the states, and then everybody else is over in the uh, the UK, across the pond. Yes, <laughs> a big skip. Yeah, I've had the opportunity to to meet with the book creator team. I've known John for a long time. Um, I love the product. I think one of the biggest hurdles to get over with students is that it's not Google Slides. I think that's what people want to treat it as because that's yeah. what they're used to. Yeah. There's just more to it. There is. Um, and, and personally, like this is one of the things that sound, I mean, I'm probably oversimplifying this, but when you say something like slides uh, or PowerPoint, the, the first thing that pops into my head and the heads of lots of students is bullet points. <laughs> and I mean, I know that, yeah. I know that it's more than that, but when you say that, that's what people think. Um, but when you say to a student, you're going to create a digital multimedia book that you can publish and share with the world, that's a whole different conversation. Um, and it's also one of those things that, you know, not that not the Google Slides is bad, um, but it's also one of those things where Book Creator is just so easy that I can give it to a kindergarten kid and they can take it off and run with it, you know, in a, in a matter of minutes. I mean, my son was my son was four when he published his first book. So I mean, it's, it's really just, it's amazing how simple it is and, and how powerful uh, it can be. And you know what? My son is four now. Maybe I should go and put it on the iPad. 
Mm-hmm. That's what he comes up with. Absolutely. Well, and this is even uh, you and I were talking before we started uh, about, you know, language development and and helping young kids. And um, it's funny because my daughter, she's in kindergarten right now, and she's actually following the same path that my son did. So when my son entered kindergarten, he came home with a Rolodex of sight words that he needed to, you know, that are on like the little ring, like the like the janitor's keys. Um, He came home with that Rolodex of sight words and he was just like, not doing it (laughs) like. (laughs) It's like I don't, I don't want to learn to read. You're not going to get me to do it. And it, we struggled with it for a little while, and then eventually I was just like, you know what, this is goofy. I put the sight words on his on Book Creator, and showed him the sight words, and you could see in his eyes he was just like, you can't trick me. That's a sight word, right? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. And and I was like, no, listen. I was like, watch this. There's a record button. And I was like, so I want you to say this word. This word is the. I want you to say it. And so I hit the record button, and he goes the. And I go, okay. And so I played it back for him and him being able to see, or see the word and hear his voice changed him like instantly. And he was just like, wait, can we do another? And I was like, absolutely. Until we went through the entire list of his sight words. And eventually what happened was he got to a point where he would go into Book Creator himself. He would try to read the sight word and then hit the audio to check himself. And then he'd see if he was right or wrong. If he was right, he'd turn the page green. If he was wrong, he'd turn it blue, uh, red. And uh, and then he could look at all the pages and see which ones he needed to practice. Now, now the kid just reads like crazy, right? Um, and and so the same thing happened with my daughter. And I didn't obviously didn't wait long like I did with my son. I whipped out Book Creator and said, "Here you go." And she did the same thing. She loves it. And so she now she loves to read and she loves practicing her sight words. And it's it's it's, it's simple, but effective it worked yeah i really want to give you a digital high five right now yeah absolutely gotcha thank you there we go (laughs) wow that's that's awesome like wow (laughs) and it's a simple thing just like you said and yeah now my mind's a wandering here and that's that's for me this this past uh you know especially like the past six months or so um i've really i'm really fascinated with the way people use book creator in non-traditional kinds of ways um so like I went to uh, speak in a, at a school uh, district in Canada, um, I think it was in August, and um, there was a, a reading specialist who took like the ideas from this reading series that they're using. Uh, and again, it was basically like every kid in the district carried around these these flashcards that would help them with reading, and they weren't getting the, the bang for the buck that they wanted. And so what she did is she put it all in Book Creator, and now like it's just gone crazy. So like everybody has access to these books that she's made in Book Creator and these kids, you know, drag and drop sentences and, and, you know, punctuation and all kinds of stuff. And the, and the kids are just eating it up. Wow. Like a hyperdoc or something along those lines. Yeah. yeah, manipulating kinda, yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty awesome. Um, so with, with Book Creator up until this year, I didn't have my own classroom. So I haven't been able to really use Book Creator with students. So, in the past, it's been, I would send John a message and be like, Hey, I've got an idea. You want to try it? <laughs> so I've been a, an, an idea guy and not necessarily somebody to execute. Um, so one of the ideas that we bounced back and forth was book noting. Yep. And, and we gave it a shot here at FETC. I mean, we, I should say you, because you really ran with it and did a bunch with it. I helped <laughs> when I could, but. Well, you did, you did your part too. So that's all good. I, I sketch noting is awesome. Yep. Just not for me. I, it's just not something that I 
feel comfortable in doing myself. I understand the benefits of it and, you know, the great things that come from it. So the idea of book noting was the same concept, only using digital assets instead of having to hand draw it. Yep. Yeah. So like I'm the same way. Um, I have a friend, Liz Meredith, uh, who you probably know. Um, And she, uh, I did a keynote at a conference one time and she said to me before the conference, she's like, do you care if I sketch note your talk? And I was like, no, go, go for it. And I was like, you know, more power to you because when I, when I talk, I get excited and it goes fast and, um, full of energy. And, and so at the end of the conference, at the end of the the talk, the hour long talk, she comes up and she shows me your sketch. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, how did you do that in an hour? Like I, my brain doesn't process sketching as fast as other people. And so, like you said, mm-hmm. sketch noting is, is not easy for me. Um, but book noting this whole, whole idea of using um, book creator to create a book based on what we've, what we've, um, listen to in a, at a conference is something that is easier because I can think in, I can think in text. I can think in images. Um, I just can't think on how to draw it that fast. And you so also yeah. think, you think in Bitmoji too. I think in Bitmoji. <laughs> yeah, I'm the, absolutely. Bitmoji. I can, I can whip out a Bitmoji faster than you can blink. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's basically how it went was we used BookNote, and I could easily see students using this in class too. If a teacher is up there lecturing and you're not good at writing notes, go ahead and open up Book Creator and try it out. No, absolutely. Because there's even uh, the ability to record audio. So you could record part of the lecture or all of the lecture if you want and put it onto a page and then go back and make your book notes or do it live like we did. Um, yeah, it's, it's really powerful. And it's just, for me, it's just the idea. Same thing with sketchnoting. Um, the way I would have taken notes in high school or college is not the way I would recommend for other, for all kids. Uh, maybe it works for some kids, but sketch noting might work for others. Book noting might work for others. It's not about me as a teacher. It's about how you understand what I talk to you about. So who cares what it looks like? Yeah, as long as you I, get it. <laughs> I definitely found it easier. Um, Daniel Pink was the, the uh, keynote speaker on what was that Wednesday? I think. Yeah. Jeez, it's all a blur anymore. That mm-hmm. conference went so fast. Um, but trying to keep up with everything he was saying was a little tough. So it was nice to have that collaboration feature Yep. where I was taking notes in text. And then that allowed you to turn around and put your images up there and then just cut and paste the text from what I gathered from, from the speaker. Yeah. So I would, if you can collaborate with somebody while book noting more power to you. And yeah. then you just have a fresh pair of ears too. Right. Well, and that's, isn't that one of the things that we're trying to let get kids to be good at as well as collaborating. So, Absolutely. I mean, it was just natural. Um, and, and what was really fascinating with that is that we both, uh, it, that book note that we did highlighted our strengths. So you were very good at picking out the, the, the simple ideas, the, the points that needed to be made. And I was good at picking out the bitmojis or <laughs> the, the Google images or whatever we needed to, to hammer home that point. And uh, it just, it did, it worked really well. And I found, I've gone back and looked over um, some of the books that I made while we were down there and the ones we collaborated on. And it's the imagery brings back the memory more vividly Mm. if I can throw a whole lot of syllables out there at once. (laughs) Um, But just reading notes, if I were to just type in a Google doc or something like that, I would be straining myself to be like, 
okay, he was talking about the science of time and why, what was it about recess that he said? Whereas mm -hmm. I can flip back to that. No one's like, do not take away the kids recess, give yep. them more. <laughs> That's right. Right. Yeah. And so that whole science of time thing that I think was really eye opening to a lot of people to have an outsider's perspective on, um, how we should organize our day. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I even just thought about myself and, you know, when I work best and it, it was, it was fascinating. Uh, and just thinking about how we, some schools may do that and most schools don't. I, I think you ruffled some feathers with the idea of high school starting after 9 a.m. Yeah, yeah, especially with the teachers. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, part he didn't answer was what does that mean on the other end with practices and the end of school day and mm, homework and all that type right, of Right. Don't mess with bus schedules, right? Don't mess with that's a tough one. That's yeah. Yeah. I mean that's a it's one of those things where the idea is fantastic. I love it. Um, but it's such a shift. You know, it's such a shift, like you said, because of after school practices banned in sports and, and whatnot that there's, a, you know, instead of getting home from, you know, banned at six, it's now seven, you know, and what does that do to, to family time and um, homework and all that other stuff that kids have to go through, you know, so I mean, it's it was, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely eye opening, um, and definitely something to, to, to question. Um, and I always, I usually, I usually show videos and things like that in my graduate classes that I teach that make people squirm and, and think. And I think that's what Dan Pink did was he made people squirm and think. Um, but a lot of times teachers will dismiss it because they say something like, well, you know, I, well, just like we did, what, what happens after school? You know, like, what about those things? And I think the, the point of the message that he gave and the point of the videos that I show, I know for sure is that small changes can make a big difference. And while I may not be able to take his message and transform my entire school, I can transform my classroom. And if that means adjusting when I do my lecture part of my class to the middle or the end versus the very beginning, um, you know, those small changes can make a big difference just even in my own classroom. Yeah. He, he talked about how we, um, energy levels change and when's the better time to be doing analytical work versus uh, creative work and things like that. And it's all stuff I've never given thought to before. Right. But when you think about it, like, you know, even, even sitting here, you know, now, like when, you know, when do I work best on, you know, uh, generating quotes for people or when do I work best on coming up with ideas for things that we can do with book creator in the future. You know, I, it's funny. It was fun listening to him. Cause I was just like, Oh man, you know what? <laughs> He's right. Like, you know, at this time of day, I am not focused on that type of thing. And I should probably not be writing quotes to schools at that time. <laughs> I should probably be sitting somewhere else thinking about something different, <laughs> you know? And it was, it was kind of cool. You're going to cost the company money doing that. If you don't do it at the right time. That's right. Right. Can't do that. Oh man. I, I just opened up our, our keynote book here, skimming over a little bit. I, I don't know about you, but I feel like he looked like Bob Saget. Every time I look at his picture, I'm like, are we watching full house right now? <laughs> he does. He does. Wake up San Francisco. And I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to be mean or anything like that. It's just, that's what I see when I see his face there. Oh, he does. Um, did you, did you know that he had a TV show? 
on. No, I didn't. Um, I can't remember what channel it was. It was on one of those like weird channels, but he had a show and it was all about the the science of like know, different things. And so the the one episode that I remember, um, you know, sticking out, there were two. One was about uh, fire drills, right, or <laughs> escape situations. And and so the 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 basically the idea was if you had a room full of a hundred people with um, one door and you open it and you sound the alarm, they'll all just funnel to that door at the same time and it causes a long log jam. And let's, I don't, this is a bad example, but let's just say it took 30 seconds to get out. But if you take that same room and you put a pillar like 10 feet from that door, it makes people spread apart a little bit and it decreased the exit time from like 30 seconds to like 20 seconds. No. And those, yeah. And those 10 seconds, you know, could save lives. So it was fascinating, right? And then there was another one where um, I think he was down at Mardi Gras or something, and they put a trash can in the middle of the uh, street and just said, you know, hey, don't forget to dump your trash here. It had like big blinking lights and things like that. And and nobody threw their trash in the trash can, right? The road was just littered with trash. And so they changed it. So instead of saying trash can, they put a like a basketball hoop or something. And it was just like, you know, try to score points and with your trash. And and it changed, like there was no trash left on the ground after that. Cause everybody was just like, Oh my gosh, I want to play the game. <laughs> so it was really, it was a fascinating show. I wish I could remember what it was called, but. That sounds like classroom gamification right there. Exactly. I, I'll have to Google it later and figure out what that show was called, but it was, it was interesting. So one of the, one of the big things when I go down to conferences um, is networking. I meet a lot of interesting people and I get a ton from the sessions, but I always seem to take a lot back from conversations going through the hallway and stuff like that. Was there anyone that you met for the first time down there that you took away something great from? I'll tell you what it was. There was, I, I I'm with you. I met a ton of great people. Um, lots of amazing, you know, little conversations here and there. Um, I'm always a, a fan of just listening to people talk about how, you know, book creators change the lives of like their own kids, you know, and themselves and whatnot. Um, but there were two that really, that really stuck out for me. Um, two people that I really, I got to meet for the first time. Um, there were lots of people I met for the very first time, um, like Tony Vincent. I've, I'd never met Tony Vincent before. Um, and so I met him uh, one evening. I met, uh, you know, a few other people that I had seen on Twitter, but the two that really stick out. Um, one was Adam Bellow. Um, I had okay. never met him. Uh, I've, you know, follow what he does on Twitter, follow breakout edu, that kind of stuff. Um, and I remember showing a video of Adam Bellow years ago in my grad class. And I remember watching that video and just being like, man, I really like, um, his delivery. I like the way he presents. I like the way he tells a story. I like how his slides are, you know, very few words and lots of imagery and things like that. And I remember that just changing me. And, and so I've modeled the way I speak after him a lot, you know, and just tried to be very visual and tell stories and, you know, just be real energetic. And so I met him and um, I, I just walked up to him and I was just like, you know, hi, Adam, you know, my name is John Smith. We follow each other on Twitter. You still probably don't know who I am. He's got <laughs> lots of followers. I said, but I just want to let you know that, you know, I watched a video of yours, you know, eight years ago, nine years ago, whatever. And it stuck with me the way you present. And um, I've modeled my presentations after yours ever since then. And I, and it was cool. A big smile on his face. And 
so we chatted about that for a few minutes and 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 kind of just went on our way but so that was that was cool you know that was good to see um and then the second one uh was actually uh rushton hurley oh rushton he's been on the show before is that that right well i I had never met him and it's it's interesting because for the last eight years uh everything that i've done has been based around two things book creator and ibooks author right um and rushton hurley um and it's based on one quote that i heard him or saw him say or saw him write or heard him say i'm not sure even where i remember seeing it for the very first time but it was when children create for the world they make it good when children only create for their teacher they make it good enough and that quote combined with the idea of you know getting these kids to write books and publish them online has stuck with me for eight years. And I have used that quote of his in every keynote, every talk, every class that I've taught for eight years. And I have never met him. And so wow. um, when I heard that he was at uh, FETC, uh, me and actually all the book creator people, because the book creator people love him too. Um, and they've been to his sessions many times in many different conferences. And uh, so we all packed up and went to his session and I introduced myself and told him that same thing. And a great guy. Uh, He was touched and uh, that, that, that quote of his meant that much to me. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was just, it was fascinating. Yeah. You know, Rushton is the same way with his presentations as you're saying yourself and Adam it's pictures. Yep. That's it. He doesn't put text on his slides almost at all. It's all images, and then he drives with stories. Yep. Uh, this is a guy that – the crazy thing is he taught Japanese. Who teaches Japanese? You right. don't know right. Japanese language teachers. And that's what he did for the longest time. Um, man, yeah, I love Russian. I've had a lot, of, a lot of good conversations with him over the past couple of years. I've been lucky enough to run into him at um, FETC and – uh, uh, NCEA back in April of 2019. That's where we actually recorded his episode. So, oh, okay, yeah. If you listeners, if you don't follow Rushton or if you don't know who he is, you need to check him out. His website is uh, uh, Next Vista for Learning. If I remember right, I'm going to butcher that. Isn't it Next Vista? <laughs> yeah, we better check. Yeah, you you have it in your book notes here. Yep, Next Vista for Learning. Cool. So. Oh man, that's fun. Yeah, next nextvista.org. There we go. And he has tons of if you're looking for whether it's a 30 second video or a 15 minute video to guide conversation or to you know create some sort of feeling in your room or for uh having staff meetings, he's got something on there that will work to help you drive your point home. He's like it's like a it's like a buffet of learning. <laughs> that's a good way to put it <laughs> oh man um what sessions did you go to that that really stood out to you um gosh you know what they they all the sessions i went to were, were um were really good and like you said it was all kind of a blur so hold on i gotta pull my i'm gonna pull my notes back up here and look and see what i what i went to um you know i guess what was fascinating is most of most of the sessions i went to were um tool-based, you know, just, you know, here are tools for storytelling. Here are tools for communication. Um, Those are the two ones that really stuck out. So like um, Leslie Fisher did storytelling tools uh, for teachers and students. And so that was really cool. Um, 
you know, Monica Burns did a reading reboot session. And so they were very, um, uh, very tool heavy, I guess, uh, is, is the word that I'm looking at. Um, so lots of tools were mentioned and, um, they were just overall just really, really good. Um, and some tools that I had never heard of, um, a lot of tools that I had heard of and just, uh, you know, really, really interesting ways that, that kids and teachers are using those tools. Oh my gosh. I never hit publish. I'm looking through all these, uh, the, on the book noting from FETC library on book creator and the one I made, I didn't publish actually probably both of them. Well, I published the entire library, so they're published technically. Okay. <laughs> they just don't have the little globe icon on there. Right. They don't have their individual link. Does, but not my <laughs> uh, hacking leadership. I, 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 the two main ones that I went to were, um, Hack leader, hacking leadership with Dr. S uh, Joe San Filippo. Mm -hmm. And that was, that really opened my eyes. Um, I've heard of his name. I followed him on Twitter for a year. He's the go crickets guy. He's an elementary principal, but what I really took away the, every, I mean, I don't want to mess up the quote here, but it keeps coming up. Um, since I got back from FETC, it's fresh on my mind. He talks about those instances that we have with students, whether it's intentional or not, it could be the one thing they remember from school 35 years from now. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I know what's coming right up. I took a picture of it. Here it goes. Every single time you connect with someone in your school community, you are building or killing culture. Hmm. Well, I like and it. That is just, that is just, it's been stuck in my head and it's making me mindful every time I'm talking to a student, when I'm mm -hmm. walking into school in the morning, do I have a smile on my face? Am I saying hi? You know, am I greeting people with uh, silly little dances and hitting the woe and trying to be the pop culture knowing almost 40 year old guy, <laughs> but <laughs> trying to have a fun time with students while building that rapport. And you know, his entire presentation was on leadership through example and building relationships with those around you, not only yeah. your teachers, but your students in the community that you serve. Yeah, that's fascinating. And so true. <laughs> it's, yeah, all, and, it's all about relationships. And the, uh, the other one I went to was John Meehan's um, session on, gosh, what did he call it? From Breakout to Break-In, Game-Changing Reverse Escape Rooms. Mm, and that's cool. I've been lucky enough to know John for, for a while and know what he's about, but it was my first time ever getting to see him live and in action. Yeah. And his big thing is what can we do to bring excitement into the classroom, get these students engaged. And he's really hands off. Like he puts a lot of time and effort into his lesson planning and creating the environment in the room, but the students drive the content in his classroom. They're the yeah. ones that are, being self-propelled learners. And it's amazing to see. That is, that's awesome. I mean, I think, I think a lot of teachers can say that that's, they've seen that a lot, you know, like, Oh, when I give kids choice or oh, when I give them the power to make something, that's when the real learning happens is it's just sustaining that. I think that teachers struggle with, you know, it's like how you not fall back into your old routines or, how do you, you know, how do you continue doing that for more than just, you know, one class period? 
Yeah, I've caught myself doing it too. And I, I've been trying to be so mindful. You know, I had seven years there where I was just strictly administration. And now this year I'm back in the classroom and I don't want to fall back into those habits that I had where, oh, I've got emails I've got to get to, or I've got this. So I'm just going to give the kids busy work to do while I get this accomplished. Yeah. I, I shouldn't be busy work. They were working on projects, but my attention wasn't on them and that's not fair to them. So that's one of my big things this year is, is making sure I'm there for the kids, kids all the time. You only have yeah. so many hours with them during the school yep. year. That's right. Make them count. Yeah. Oh, so my other big takeaway, um, you know, it's something that Dr. Joe Sanfilippo pointed out. Um, and along those same lines, he was so one of his early years as a principal, he's sitting at the dinner table and he's working on something. He's like responding to an email. He, he was focused on school and all of a sudden he looks up and it's just his wife. The kids had left the room he's like, Hey, where'd everyone go? And his wife says, your son just asked you three questions in five minutes and you didn't lift your head up. Mm, yeah. So we're, we're not going to leave you, but we're not going to put up with this. You need to get this figured out and figured mm. out soon. And that struck home with the family first for me. Um, yeah. It, leaving home, you know, I'm a guy that wears my emotions on my sleeve. I was a bawling mess going into that airport yeah. when my wife and son dropped me off there. But I, I don't know about you. I struggle on, on going to, to conferences like that with being yeah. away from family there. Yeah. I, uh, for me, it's, it's one of those situations where it's, it, oh, this is going to come out really wrong. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want this to come out as wrong. It's going to come out. Um, I've been teaching a grad class around the state of Ohio for about, gosh, eight, nine years now, maybe even longer. And um, so going away on weekends a couple times a year, a few times a year has become a normal thing um, in my house, right? The kids, they, they know that, that, you know, daddy's going away for, you know, a couple nights here this weekend and teaching a class in Cincinnati or, you know, up in Toledo or wherever. And so it's been one of those things where I think over the years they've gotten used to that. It's just part of who, who daddy is. And, um, so, you know, moving to, to now work with book creator where I'm traveling more and for like extended periods of time, um, you know, it's, it's, I think that, like I said, it's not that the kids are used to it, but they know that it's something that I do. Um, but yeah, when we're away, I mean, FaceTime is a godsend, right? You oh, FaceTime with kids and talk to him and things like that. Um, but what's funny though, too, is that uh, as a family, we've come up with our own little things, right? And so when I go away, uh, what I do, I'm trying not to get too sappy here, but what I do is I always take out um, paper towels from from our kitchen and I write a note for each member of my family. Right. So I'll write a note for my son and my other two daughters and I'll write a note for my wife and I'll leave them there. And then my wife, what she does is she'll read them to the kids and they look forward to those notes and she'll read them to the kids. But then she'll store those notes away until I return. And then once I come back, then we, she takes the notes and she'll she'll throw them away. But she always keeps them um, until I return. And so it's it's kind of uh, it comes back to something that um, so like again, try not to be too sappy here, but my mom died in 2010. And one of the things that we have left, um, 
you know, there's lots of things we have left to remember her by, but one of the things that we have left is a gift card and a, and a card. And that card um, had one of the last things that my mom wrote in it. And so we have that card and the gift card to the restaurant. And so and the restaurant's still there, but I mean, at this point we, you know, this gift card is 10 years old and we just have refused to, to, to use it because um, it has my mom's writing on it, you know, <laughs> this gift certificate. And so it's just fascinating. So I, it, we've kind of done that with me now. So like every time I leave, we just, I leave a note for the kids uh, and my wife. And then the other thing that we've kind of done uh, to kind of, you know, make a, make a little bit of fun out of it is whenever I, wherever I go, I, I usually will find a stuffed animal or something. And the very first time I found a stuffed animal where I don't, I don't even remember where I was or where I went, but I found a stuffed animal for at the time, it was just my two kids, and I put it in the luggage. And when they came to get me from the airport, um, you know, they're like, "Oh, hey, hey, daddy, you know, you know, good to see you, you know, whatever." And and then we got in the car, we started driving, and as we're driving, I started making this like mumbling noise, right? Like, like, and the kids are like, "What? What is that?" My wife thought I had lost my mind, right? She's like, "What are you doing?" And I just kept making this mumbling noise. And the kids were like, what is that? My wife's like, what are you doing? I was like, where's that noise coming from? And the kids were like, I don't know. I was like, I think it's coming from my bag. And um, they're like, what? And so like, I open up, they open up the bag and these stuffed animals are in there. And so now every time I come home, the kids are like, is there something mumbling in your bag? Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, and I'm like, so it's just become like our little, our little thing, you know, there's something mumbling, you know. And now sometimes I'll like, I'll change which bag it's in or, you know, something like this. So the kids are a little surprised, but it's, it's just kind of fun, but you know, you, you do, you got to find that, um, that balance of family and work and life and all that good stuff. Yeah. And, and that's the same. I don't know what I would do without FaceTime. You know, yeah. What right. Life before that I, you know, FaceTime and back home with little man. And in all my presentations, I always start with a picture of from that morning with he and I FaceTiming and sticking our tongues out of each other. We, <laughs> we never really do that in person, but every time we FaceTime, that's what ended up happening. <laughs> our tongues out of each other. And so I hit that screenshot and, and you know, po- put that on my slide deck and share it and get a good that's laugh. Out and everything. But you know, I, I started doing that. I didn't get stuffed animals, but I've started to get airplanes. Like my son is in airplanes mm. right now. So at the airport, if I'm flying Delta, I'll find a little Delta airplane or I'll find a little spirit one. And I didn't yeah. want to get the same one. So this time I actually found him a stuffed airplane. Oh, so nice. All excited. He's been snuggling with it every night since I got back from Florida. So oh, that's, that's, hysteric. that's been fun. So, I forgot to I forgot to mention too. One of the things that we do now too is every time I leave, I ask my kids to give me something of theirs to take with me. Um, so, and it was the first time it happened. Though I think it was my daughter. She was like, she's like, "Hey, daddy, before you go, you got to take this." And so she hands me a uh, Shopkin or something, and and I was like, "Well, what's that for?" And she's like, "I just want you to take it with you." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And so then my son runs down and finds like an old one of daddy's old GI Joes or something. It's like, take this with you. And so now every time they send me with something, uh, I'll take pictures of whatever that is eating dinner with me <laughs> and or presenting with me or something. So it could be a transformer, it could be a GI Joe, a Shopkin, you know, Barbie doll, whatever it is that the kids uh, send with me. So it's it's been fun. Oh, fatherhood is a beautiful thing. It is. 
So, well, thanks so much for being on today, John. Is there uh, anything else you'd like to share or how can the uh, listeners get in touch with you if they'd like to follow up after the show? Gosh, I, I think it wouldn't be me if I didn't leave with that quote one more time, right? Uh, when children create for the world, they make it good. When children only create for their teacher, they make it good enough and good enough ain't good enough. So, and then like you said earlier, you can reach out and contact me on Twitter at the iPod teacher. Uh, or if you have any questions, you can email me at uh, John Smith at bookcreator.com. Great. Thank you so much, John and audience. As always, go out there and make it happen. Thank you for listening to the Magic Potion Podcast. This podcast was created using Anchor FM. Please subscribe and leave comments with your thoughts and ideas from the classroom. Until next time, get out there and make it happen.